Alright, welcome back to the Mouth and Off Sports Show here, hosted by Dan Sadik alongside with Ryan Brown, Zach Lacey, and Jonathan Sullivan. We are back for another edition of the Mouth and Off Sports Show here as we get ready for a brand new NFL season and sports being back, the NBA, the NHL playoffs as well, and a shit show season for the Red Sox. We're going to cover all of that and we're going to start with the usual NFL and the Patriots. So, a little season preview, guys. A whole new team. The Brady era, officially done. The Cam Newton era, officially here. And we presume from, I think, reports, we can all pretty much gather that Cam is the guy, it seems like, especially with Stidham getting hurt with a hip injury, uh, injury earlier in camp. And how do we feel? How do we feel? Because, look, this is going to be really weird. No number 12 behind center. And just an offense that is not going to look nearly what it has looked like the past 20 years. So it's weird. Uh, just initial initial feelings on this uh, new era for the Patriots in 2020. My initial feelings, they're making the playoffs. It's a hot take. Yeah. It's, it's not a, that hot. It's a scolding hot It's day. not that hot because it's, it's, it's really not. Because You don't think so? That they have to play all the best teams in each division? So it might be a little hot. But I just think when you scale it back to Bill Belichick, the defense that they still have, I know that guys like Hightower have opted out, and your kicker spot is a big question mark as well. But I think you've also seen some good developments. Uh, Damian Harris apparently is the number one guy. He looks really good. And the defense in general I think is not going to miss much of a beat. Like they lost Van Noy as well. That hurts. But I think you're going to see guys step up. I think uh, Duggar, from all indications, has looked really good in camp as well. The loss of Pat, of Pat Chung is going to hurt. But the offense, I think, will be able to get by. And if you can complement that with a good defense again, if their defense sucks or if it's average, they're not making the playoffs. But I'm pretty much hedging this on the defense being elite. Stephon Gilmore having another fantastic depoy type of year. And guys like J.C. Jackson, Jawan Williams, guys in the secondary are still going to be strong. So I think they can find a way to 10-6. and 9-7 and seven could get you in the playoffs this year because of, you know, you got seven teams in each conference now making the playoffs. So I don't, I don't feel too bad about this year. I think with the expanded format, they could get in as a wildcard team or they could win the uh, – AFC East. I think that's still that's still up for grabs. I don't trust any of the other teams. Well, I mean, the, the defense is not elite. We saw how they finished last year down the stretch in the second half. That was far from elite. The secondary can certainly still be elite. That's still intact, like yep. you said. But the front seven, a lot of question marks. Oh, for sure. Especially at linebacker. And to say that this defense will be able to 
sort of play on the same level that it did in the first half of last year, that is a massive assumption to make, especially, like Zach said, the schedule that they have in place. It's going to be really tough. I do agree with you, however, that I do think they can squeak into the playoffs and still fight for the division. I don't think they're going to win the division. I think Mm -hmm. this is the year that somebody finally, that somebody being Buffalo, finally just takes the reins from them without Brady being there to stop them. Uh, But I I, I really do think they still have a fighting chance to make the playoffs, and I do have them in my playoff field. Uh, I think that this year for them is going to be a lot different on offense. It's going to be very reminiscent of their run that they had to the Super Bowl in 2018-2019 when they were very run-heavy. I expect them to run, you know, 30, 35 times a game. You know, it's not going to be the run-and-gun Patriots of old. Um, and, you know, their, their defense is built really heavy on the secondary, so they need to get out and get leads because they need the other team passing because, like you saw in the playoffs, if the other team has a good running back and they're right in the game and they are running the ball, the Patriots are going to get gassed. They're going to need to get leads, so the other team has to pass to keep up. Uh, and I'm a little worried that they might not be able to do that, but... It still remains to be seen. I'm just, I know they're going to be very run heavy. They were able to score a good amount of points in the against the Chargers and against Kansas City uh, in that playoff run when they were pretty run heavy. But you know, if they're not scoring a lot of points, I I really don't see them winning games. You know, thirteen to ten and stuff like that. I think they got to score upwards of 24, 27 points. I think the offense could be more fun this year than years past. Cam Newton, you can do a lot of different things <laughs> with him as <laughs> one. Thanks, Dan. Oh, with him yeah. as a runner and let McDaniel's creativity really make up trick plays and different kind of stuff because that's how they're going to have to score, I think. Getting David Andrews back under center is going to be huge. We saw last year he, but he was sorely missed in the middle of that line. That's your captain of, of, the, of the O-line. Really need him. I think it's going to be a miracle to get to 9-7. and seven. A miracle. A miracle. They get a tough Bruh. schedule. They have a tough schedule. I I just they went do. I just went through it and like I think like seven and nine is more realistic. Well, yeah, I mean it could definitely teeter that way. I think it really also the offense is like where's their ceiling? You know? Because if, if they can if they can figure things out along the way, obviously they always like that first month they always treat it like a extension of the preseason, see what they can do. Offensively, if Edelman is still right and he can stay healthy, if Nikhil Harry can figure it the fuck out, I mean, it please, something, Gunner. Gunner Olszewski seems to be improving athletically, at least from what I've heard. You know, he's got a much more NFL esque body. If he can give you anything in the passing game, if, J- if James White can give you anything and be a CMC esque type of like, you know, close option for Cam. Did you just make that comparison? Yeah. Well, I don't, let's, let's, I'm let's not comparing him to as CMC. A receiver, as, a as, a receiver, as a receiver. As a receiver. That's CMC was, was a top 10 wide receiver last year. I know. If you he's think not, all of his running. But he's not. I'm not saying James White has to be CMC. But he has to do those kinds of things for Cam to feel comfortable, I feel like. Because if not. Well, if, he's always done those things. But he didn't do them much last year. Let, I mean, let, let's, call it, let's call it how it is. The receiving core. And James White, they have to be on point this year. Well, yeah. If it's just Edelman, yeah. this this passing attack has no chance, and people are just going to load the box on the Patriots yep. to stop the run. 
their offense is going to get stagnant, yeah. and the load is going to fall on the on the defense to keep them in games. And we saw how that went last year against good offenses yeah. and good teams. They don't, they couldn't do it last year with how great that defense was in the first half against crap teams. And now you expect if we expect them to do it again, it's not going to happen, especially against this schedule. Right, no shot. My my main point though was just James White can't be what he was last year. And he has to be more involved in the passing game. And hopefully Cam is able to just be decently accurate. You know, just be like 62%. Can you give me that? Like 62%. And hopefully Edelman can stay healthy because, like I said, you at least need him. And it can't be just him. If if they treat the first month of the season like a preseason again, they could start 0-4. They could, but... Dolphins at the Seahawks... The Raiders and then at the Chiefs, but you're gonna lose the rate. Ra- you're gonna lose the the two away games pretty easily. Yeah, and you could lose. You could lose both of those games at home to the Dolphins and the Raiders if you're treating as a preseason. And they're not scoring points. But you have to at least like during the, that that like the first couple games. I'm not saying like you know you gotta try to figure things out because they haven't had much time. I know everybody hasn't really had much time to figure things out in camp. But this team is moving away from a, a system and a guy that they had for 20 years. So the first couple games, I mean, offensively at least, because defensively that's pretty much going to be the same. But on the offensive side, I don't know. I, I think we're going to see a lot of experimentation going on there for the first, I don't know, two, three games. I'm not worried about the Miami game so much, even though that's right off the bat, because they're going to be breaking in, what, Tua? And Bill owns rookie quarterbacks. I think Fitzmagic's going to think? You think they'll start with Fitz? Yeah. I don't know. Even in that case, I mean, they tortured him last year. So, not in the last game. Not in the last game. I remember 43 nothing. Do we do we forget about that? I remember driving down the field and scoring at the end of the game. Oh, yeah. Okay. End of the game. That would have given them home field in the playoffs. Yeah, that's, that's revisionist history. That's nice. Wow. Um, that's but literally re- regard- regardless, <laughs> their road schedule is very tough this year. I mean, like at Seattle, at Kansas City, like you said, you have to go to Buffalo in division. At Houston, at both Los Angeles teams, that's 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 tough. They may lose every road game. I don't think they're losing to the Jets on the road. Come on now. I, I don't know. I mean, if they don't score, dude. I mean, the Jets. Not, the, the, the Jets. Jets. The Jets might be able to score some points. Who knows? I don't think they're losing to both LA teams on the road. One, I don't think so either. I'm just saying, like, they, they, it's not a foregone conclusion anymore that the Pats are just going to go into places and win. Yeah, no, I yeah, agree with that. N- not at all. I like mean, every game, I think is going to be close, other than maybe the Jets at home. They're gonna I be... mean, I also don't think that home road is really going to matter this year if there's no fans. Yeah, it's just the travel. Yeah, they're going to be underdogs in literally like eighty percent of their games <laughs> too. Like they're always going to be dogs. Oh yeah. Like, oh, um, yeah, I. Just this whole year is going to be different between no fans in the stands, new quarterback, offense that is going to probably look eerily similar to last year uh, in its lack of production and all of that scoring. Defensively, yeah, I, I'm really concerned just about how, like, the linebackers, like, when you lose Van Noy and Hightower, that's, that's brutal. That's really, really brutal, and I'm, I'm glad they have a good secondary. I don't think we. I don't think we've ever seen maybe besides like 2014 a secondary on the Patriots that's like this good. Or it's been a long time, probably since Revis and Browner. 
probably hasn't been that good since. Now Jackson, uh, you got Gilmore. We'll see what Joe Joe Juan Williams can do. Duggar. Hopefully Duggar can fill that Patrick Chung void. So got a lot of question marks on this team. That's that's for damn sure. But Jared Stidham, I don't know what's up with that guy. I I, I can tell you what's up with him. Do you think he's a bust? Like, he stinks. Or a, a fourth round bust. I'll, I'll be. He's what? He's like a fourth rounder. I yeah. think he's like. I think that he's a. You know. So you, a backup. I do think you think that's what he is? Do you think the Pats' plan is for Cam to be the guy for multiple seasons going forward? I mean, I don't. I don't know. Or is he just a one year like? If, like if band-aid? Cam has a really good year, this oh, he's year, done. I uh, yeah, I can't yeah. see them offering him a humongous contract at his like age and his durability. And stuff like that. Um, I don't know what the free agent class of like quarterbacks is is gonna look like uh, next season, but I mean, if they think Sidham's the guy, I think they thought Sidham they might have something Sidham last year, but I, I don't, I don't think he's, I don't think he's it. I think they're seeing more and more with either his lack of, you know, dedication that I've heard rumors coming out that they don't like how he went to that wedding down in Texas and stuff like that to him getting hurt like a muscle strain which they equated to you know not training right and stuff like Bill's that. Bill's been raving about Cam too being you know first guy in last yeah, guy out I, you know. I just I think that he might he's just not it. I think he's more of a Ryan Mallet than a Jimmy Garoppolo. Ooh. That's, that's a tough comparison. Oh, hey, Ryan Mallett picked, hey, picked in the third round. I mean, Kid threw the, you threw the Ryan Mallett comp on him. That's, ooh, that one. That I mean, long-time NFL backup, made a bunch yeah. of money. You know, yeah. I, I would yeah, love to be a Ryan Mallett. Right. Yeah, sign me up. <laughs> I do want to get back to one point you yeah. said, Dan, that yeah. there are no fans being in the stands. That's not entirely true because some teams are allowing fans. And wouldn't you know it, we have to go to two of those places in see, Kansas City and Miami. But, like, that, okay. All They're right. allowing fans as of right now. Yes. I, it's, well, like, 25%. I think it's plausible that the NFL could come out and say no I think, fans. But why haven't they done that yet? I mean, I don't think I don't they think it's the NFL's to. really choice. I mean, they no, the MLB came out and said no fans. Did they? Yeah. 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 I think... The, the I league, think if the league doesn't want fans, they could do it. But I, we know that the NFL... I feel like of all the leagues when it comes to COVID, the NFL has taken, like, the most passive, like, backseat approach of the leagues. Like, they pushed for the draft when people wanted it to get canceled. Like, they just went full steam ahead, even through the COVID. Yeah. I was going to say, too, like, I think ultimately they'll pull the plug on, who you say, Kansas City and Miami, Miami who are allowing fans. I think they will eventually pull the plug because, like, you should keep it uniform. I mean, I, I just think you should... And if you're pumping in crowd noise, too, like, I think Pete Carroll has talked about how he's going to, you know, he's got to find the right decibel. Like, no, it should all be the same. Like, all of it. You know, it's a it's a crazy year. It's always going to be remembered as a weird asterisk type of year in some sports, whatever. So just make it all the same for everyone. Don't give any other teams an advantage just because of where they are in the country. So... Whatever. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. I know the Pats tried their best to, you know, get the state approval. Obviously, I didn't really expect that to happen, but yeah, it shouldn't come down to local and state officials just, to whether or not yeah. you have a competitive home advantage or not. Yeah, seriously. And the NFL absolutely just needs to come in and just say either everyone can have fans or no one can have fans. And if most of the teams 
they're if their local officials are telling them that they can't have fans, then you've got to wipe it. You've got to make that for everyone. Right. Right. All right. If you're free agent quarterbacks, yeah, Dak probably gonna be signed. Send the house. <laughs> Philip Rivers. Oh, Dak Gomet. Jacoby Brissett. God. No. Trubisky. No. This is this has gone downhill really quick. Tra- yeah, like and that's trade. about it. We got like Fitzmagic, Ty Ty God, AJ McCarron, Andy Dalton, Colt McCoy, RG three. Colt McCoy. Oh my god. What a class. I so. mean, there's all that talk that they're gonna trade for Deshaun Watson too. So like that's not happening though. No way Bill O'Brien trades Deshaun Watson. Hey, there was no way he trades DeAndre Hopkins for David <laughs> no, Johnson. But there's, he no, there's no way he trades Deshaun Washington to Bill Belichick. I don't know, Chief. <laughs> I put, I'm not putting anything past Bill O'Brien. I'm putting right my now. foot down and saying there's no way he does it. I hope it happens just so we can all take uh, expose you. I, I'm praying it happens. That's the only reason why I want Watson now. I'm just glad that we get to do this to you with Tom Brady on a, on a weekly That's basis. That's fine. We I, with Tom Brady. Fandy. Uh, That's me. I, I'll take it. and It's okay. You know, I will die on the sword of Tom Brady. If there's one sword to die on... One hill to die on. It's the fucking Tom Brady goat sword. I'll fall on that ten times out of ten. Twice on Sunday. I mean, we're 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 Bucks guys, Dan. Oh, I'm a Bucks stand. I already got my hat on right now. (laughs) My Bucks hat at my house and my shirt. Let's go Bucks. Go Bucks. God. Well, speaking of the Bucks, why don't we just move into our uh, playoff predictions? Yeah, yeah, I'm down for that. Uh, we want to start AFC. Um, I'll kick us off. Uh, we want to just go through our list. Um, go through your division winners. All right, and then we'll have card. AFC. I got out of the East, the Patriots winning the AFC East. Uh, the West, we got the Kansas City Chiefs taking that easy. The North, easy pick again, Baltimore, and the South. I got the Indianapolis Colts, baby. Philip Rivers gonna have himself a little year in Indy, and then the three wild card teams gonna be the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Buffalo Bills, and my and your Cleveland Browns, baby. We're cooking. We're back. They're definitely not Yuck. your. They're definitely not my Cleveland Browns. When you said your Cleveland Browns, it's they're everyone. No, they're not. They belong my, to everybody. No, they don't belong to me. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do I now. I claim no governorship of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Well, those are my uh, my AFC picks. All right, so my AFC picks uh, for the East. I'm gonna go with Buffalo. I think that that division is gonna be really close, but New England, as we mentioned previously, has a really tough schedule. Uh, so I don't see them winning the division. Uh, in the South, I'm going to go Tennessee. I think that they, they're they building something there. I They gave a lot of money to Tannehill and Derrick Henry, which I think is going to backfire on them, but it's not going to backfire on them this year. So they're going to win the division. Uh, in the AFC North, I got Baltimore. I don't know how you could pick Funny. against them. Same in the West, I got Kansas City. I mean, I feel like these are, deals are too no-brainer. It's like the old New England pick. Like, you just... There's, they're kind of no-brainer picks. And then my wild-card teams, uh, I got the Houston Texans, yeah. the Patriots, and the Drew Locke-led no. Denver no. Broncos. Oh, we are God. riding that Broncos train so hard this year. <laughs> oh, my God. You're the worst. <laughs> you got the Browns. The Browns are actually going to be good. The, the how do you, how do you say that? Because they're going to be good. <laughs> Austin Hooper season. 
in in the I got Kansas City and Baltimore as well winning their divisions. No no questions asked there. I got the Bills winning the AFC East by by a hair over the Patriots. Uh, and I've I've also got the Colts winning the AFC South. Let's there. go. Uh, Colts. I think that they you can make the case that the Colts were a quarterback away from winning the division last year. Still a quarterback away. Uh, I don't know if hey. that's. I don't know about that, Chief. Uh, He's a Phil, father. If Philip Rivers can put together another a, a strong season, that team can definitely win the division. Although it could be a three-headed tie, so who knows? Uh, and then my wild card teams are Pittsburgh Steelers. The Houston Texans and squeaking in New England. Love it. All right. Well, the West and the North, yeah, just like you guys, it's a foregone conclusion. Uh, the Bills easily win the East. It's not even close. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, what is not even close to you? What? How much? How many games do they have to win? Probably three by? games. All right. I, I'm think I'm thinking the Bills go ten and ten and six, and the Pats go seven and nine. Okay. Um, the South got the Titans. Yeah, let's go, baby. Uh, and then my wild card team, I got the Steelers, the Colts, and the Raiders. Oh, 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 Raiders. oh he's back on the Raiders. The Raiders. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you not remember last year? Derek I remember last year when I picked a little team called the 49ers oh. to be pretty good, and they ended up winning the conference and going to the Super Bowl. Oh. I so, remember, I don't know, Chief. I remember we were talking about the Raiders, and you guys were like, I like them this week. And they lost, like, 34 to nothing to, like, the Jets, who were pitiful <laughs> last year. They were a Josh Jacobs injury away from being in the playoffs. <laughs> oh, sir. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my. Well, uh, so we can move on to the NFC now. So, thought this was a lot harder for me than the AFC. The East, I got the Cowboys. I think Dak and Zeke are going to cook, and offense is going to be pretty dope, and the rest of the fucking division sucks. So, uh, West, Hawks, 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 Seahawks coming out of the NFC West, baby. I mean, they, you know, you lose Jadavion, but whatever. I mean, Decaf Metcalf is going to have like 1,200 yards uh, receiving, so it's all good. The North, this was tough, but... I don't believe in the Packers. I don't believe in Aaron Rodgers. So I got the Minnesota Vikings coming out of the NFC North. And the South might have been the easiest pick of all time. Uh, Tampa Bay, Buccaneers, my Bucks, Jonathan's Bucks. Yes. Uh, yeah, easy. Brady going to have an MVP caliber type season. Fendi. And uh, yeah, my Bucks. Brady's going to win MVP. No, I said he's going to have an MVP type season. Like, so he's going to be in the combo. So top top three? Top three. Jesus. What? You want, can we make a bet on that right now? What? I'm already going to lose money in food to Zach. It's <laughs> August. Little Chipotle bet right All now. right. A little, little burrito bet? All right. All right. Put it on the board. Put it on the board. On the board. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, so I'll uh, give you a, I'll give you a chance to get it get it back here. Okay. With Kyler Murray gonna be top three. Oh yeah, I'll double down this on that all day. Loves him some Bendy. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's gonna have a huge year. <laughs> and then my three wild card teams, uh, 49ers. I think they're gonna be right there in the West, but ultimately I think they'll be a wild card team this year. And the Bears, I got the Bears making uh, the playoffs. Yuck. Mitch Trubisky, he's gonna figure it out. I have faith. And, uh, he's not even going to play. He's going to be Nick Foles. Nah, he's going to be good. Defense is going to be fine. Khalil Mack going to eat. 
and then this one was tough because I don't trust them to win the division. But ultimately, I think Aaron Rodgers sneaks in as a wild card with the Packers. And I I mean, I don't think it's going to be pretty for them. I think it's going to be like an ugly third wild card team type of entry. And Aaron Rodgers, is he, he's going to be just good enough pretty much for them. All right. Uh, so my NFC picks, Dan, uh, like the NFC West, 49ers are definitely not winning that division. This is <laughs> this is Seattle's division Bendy. to lose. Seattle. Hawks, Hawks, Hawks. Hawks, Hawks, Hawks. Uh, in the East, again, just like you, Dan, I, I got Dallas winning that division. I think they're the most well-rounded team. They, they finally got rid of that trash coach, Jason Garrett. I think they're ready to get over the bit of a hump this year. Uh, in the South, obviously, Tampa I mean, Bay. Like, like never in doubt, right? Box, baby. Box, that, box, box. That offense is going to be scoring like 40 points a game. Thir- like 35. Unreal. 35 per. And their defense is sneaky, kind of good. Ryan's a big Bucks defense, Dan. In the their defense N- was good at the end of last in year. In the NFC North, yes, baby. You were so right, Dan, except I'm going even further. The Chicago Bears are winning that division, baby. Oh, let's go! The Chicago Bears Bear are down. winning the NFC North this year, baby. Bear Book down. it down. <coughs> All right? And Ryan then, is choking. And then yeah, my just... playoff teams, I got New Orleans. They reside in the same division as Tampa Bay, but they're still really good. Just not as good as Tampa Bay. <laughs> the Cardinals. Hey. I'm buying in the not. I'm not buying hey. in as much as Zach, but I am buying in. Kyler Murray was really good. I don't know how much trust I have in Cliff Kingsbury, but I think they got something building out there. And then lastly, I got the Eagles uh, making the last. You spot don't have the Forty Nine ers making the playoffs. Nope, Forty Nine ers not making the playoffs. Ooh, that's, <laughs> a, that's a Super Bowl. <laughs> Dang, oh, <man>. Wow. <laughs> You just need to cut this kid from the show. <laughs> this kid is on something fierce. <laughs> Those are some bold, some got bold the, NFC predictions. We got the 49ers not making it from this yeah. kid, and the first kid doesn't have the Saints nope. making it. Nope. <laughs> Drew Brees yeah. falling off the cliff. The two right, best teams in the in Yeah, let's nope. let's 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 nope. get some normalcy back to no. back to these predictions. Nah. No. Nah. Be- begrudgingly. I have the Seahawks. Hawks, yes, Hawks, baby. The NFC West. You know Jimmy G's a fraud. I can't say no to that, <laughs> but that he is a he is a solid game manager. I'll give him that. Um, I do have the Cowboys winning the NFC East, although I think the Eagles will be right there uh, with them, assuming that their entire team doesn't fall off the cliff and join injured reserve again. Um, I got. I also have the Minnesota Vikings winning the NFC North. I don't think the Packers have enough firepower on offense in that division. I know Aaron Jones was a beast last year, but I, I, I I'm in on on the Vikings winning the division this year. And then you guys are just stupid. The Saints are winning the NFC South. No, they're not. They, they are. are. They have. Arguably the deepest roster, top to bottom, in the league. Yeah, QB can't throw twenty yards. No, and he's he, falling off the cliff. But he has Michael Thomas. So. All you need and is Alvin Kamara. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's fine. The New Orleans Saints will Trash. win that division. And then for my wild card teams, I think the the Forty ers will definitely make the playoffs. They they're gonna regress a little bit more to the mean, but I definitely think they're a wild card team. They make the Rams. I also 
am in agreement with Dan hey. that the Packers will find a way in, although I don't think they're winning the division. And then I'll give you the benefit of the doubt that the Bucks will be like nine and seven, and oh. they'll squeak in. <laughs> what? What is that trash take? It, I'm a realist here. Nine and seven. I'm a realist. No, you're a hater. Oh you're a hater. I am you're a, a realist. Hater. You're buying into something you've never seen before. I've seen it for 20 years. Ah, okay. If Jameis, if Jameis can put up the numbers he did with that fucking offense, Brady will be just fine. And they got Gronk. Drink paint. Well, let's see how right. what Gronk is at week five. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I, we're all in agreement that the Cowboys are going to win the East. I would pick the Eagles, but I have no faith in Carson Wentz to stay healthy for a whole year, and they don't have Nick Foles to come in and carry them. What a Super Bowl. Vikings, you guys are all right, except for Jonathan. Terrible. <laughs> the Bears are terrible. That was an awful nah, take. Nah, you Sleep- are sleeping Vikings, on the Bears, The baby. Vikings are going to win the North. It'll be close-ish with the Packers, but the Bears, uh, that was awful. <laughs> the Saints are going to win the South. No, that, no. Foregone conclusion. No. That's like picking the Chiefs or the Ravens. That's an easy pick. Yep. 49ers are going to squeak by the Seahawks. It'll be Whoa. close. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, it'll be close, but the 49ers are too good. They're And Pete Carroll is a choke artist. Um, then the Cardinals, definitely making the playoffs, obviously. Uh, with, their uh, MVP, uh, with their MVP. Uh, <laughs> the Seahawks are going to make it. And then the last one... In between the Packers and the Bucks, I'll I'll give Tom Brady the benefit of the doubt and let him squeak in the playoffs. Y'all haters. I, 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 yeah. I retrospect that. So many. I haters. thank you for retrospecting my comment. Retrospect. The Bucks. I mean Brady. The offense is going to be good, but the defense was bad at the beginning, at the beginning of the season last year. We'll see if they can do what they did in the second half. So, are we in agreement that we've got either New Orleans or Tampa as number one seeds? Like, do you guys have Tampa as your number one seed in the NFC? I have Seattle as my number one seed. Seattle? Uh, I didn't seed mine. I yeah. should have seeded mine, but if I had to, like, I'd probably... Just, who's your one? Who, who do you think is one in each conference, basically? Like, I, I, I have Bucks. I have Kansas City in the AFC as number one, and uh, Seattle as number one in the yeah, AFC. Yeah, I'll, I'll say Bucks and KC. Although it wouldn't honestly surprise me if Dallas was the number one seed because their division is so much worse but, than yeah. the NFC West. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got New Orleans and Kansas City. Dallas and the Ravens. Okay. Fair, fair. So th- those are our uh, conference picks going into the season, and now we can uh, move on to our fantasy sleepers and busts. Oh. So I always love w- when we do fantasy football segments because it's just fucking, it just it gets the juices flowing, you know? It really does. It gets uh, the people going. It really does. I uh, can't lie there. So we, let's start with sleepers. Uh, I'm going to start... Uh, Atlanta Falcons tight end uh, Hayden Hurst. I think he's a good spot if you're not like a huge on taking like an elite tight end and you're looking for a guy that can you know maybe give you a, a decent amount of like serviceable production, but he's not gonna you know blow the top off or anything. I think he's pretty solid there. Right now he's rostered at 72% of uh, ESPN leagues, and to compare that, a guy uh, like Austin Hooper. Uh, who I think most people would take him over Hayden Hurst. He's only rostered in about 70% of ESPN leagues as well. I don't know why. But, uh, yeah. I'll definitely. tell you why. Baker Mayfield's throwing to him. <laughs> Stop what, sleeping. What round did I take that but, um, anyways, yeah, Hayden Hurst. I, he could. I mean, so, like, last year, 
right? He uh, 30 receptions for 350 yards, two TDs, and he was pretty much a backup, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think he's going to get featured more prominently. Atlanta loses Austin Hooper. They need to replace him. Kind of a logical fit. He's going to have uh, Matty Ice throwing to him, so, yeah. I like that pick. He made yeah. he made a bunch of big plays last year with Lamar, and they don't really throw that much. Yeah, hiding behind Mark Andrews too. Fetty. He could definitely put up the kind of numbers that Hooper did last year. Mm, I yeah. think. Mm. I mean, there's always tight ends that you can just pick up, like Mark Andrews and Darren Waller last year, like barely even drafted. Yeah, like tight ends, such a crapshoot that you can pick up guys late like that, and if they have the opportunity of a team that throws a ton, yeah, they can put up big numbers. Fendi. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, my first uh, sleeper. I'm gonna go with. DJ Moore, wide receiver for Carolina. Now, he had a really good season last year. He was number uh, 16th overall. Uh, He had 87 catches, uh, but he only had four touchdowns. Now, I think this year he's gone from 55 in his first year to 87 in his second year. I think he's taking that third-year leap that they talk about. He's going to be over 100 catches this year with Teddy Bridgewater throwing him the ball. And I think because, you know, he went two touchdowns his first year, four touchdowns in his second year, I think this is the year where not only are the catches going up, but the touchdowns are going up. I think he could sneak, you know, he's going to be pressing double-digit touchdowns. He's going to be 100-plus catches. I think you're looking at a potential top-five wide receiver from DJ Moore this Mm -hmm. year in Carolina. Wow. it's high praise. I did draft him. (laughs) (laughs) Weird. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, I'll start with one of my sleepers. Uh, I'm going to go with a wide receiver from Pittsburgh, Deontay Johnson. I think he could be this year's Chris Godwin with Big Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big And here, here's why. Wow. Last year, Chris Godwin, before, before last year, Chris Godwin was playing about 55% of snaps. Basically a part-time guy. Deontay Johnson was that same exact guy last year for the Steelers, and he had awful, I mean awful, quarterbacks. If Big Ben stays healthy and is effective, he can put up big numbers. I think he can be, if you get him in the middle to late rounds, that's a steal. All right. Uh, This guy, not really, is like a big, big name, but I drafted him in the eighth round of our 12-person league. Number seven at wide receiver last year, Julian Edelman. Great. Not very often you get a top ten wide receiver from the previous year that late in a draft. So if you haven't drafted yet and people are sleeping on Edelman because of Cam, whatever, they're going to have to throw the ball. they got to throw it to somebody. And, of course, according to Jonathan, it's not going to be Harry. Definitely not going to be Enkiel. <laughs> it's not going to be Enkiel. <laughs> they got to throw the ball to somebody and dump downs over the middle, still points. Edelman, middle, late draft, steal. Especially PPR <laughs> Definitely PPR. If not PPR, then it's not as important. He doesn't. He needs. He needs those catches. Um, I got a bust uh, that I usually like. I usually uh, pick this player or position pretty much not every year, but I always feel like they're like a safe bet. Vikings defense. So Vikings defense sneaky has been a great fantasy pick overall for the last like. Uh, five seasons they've last five seasons right they have finished no lower than 11th so if you're in a 12 team league they've been right there they've been being used as a starting defense or a starting caliber defense in your lineup for the last five seasons 
Uh, but this year, they lose Everson Griffin. They also lost their top three cornerbacks, and their depth is definitely a big issue. So I don't really see them as being that kind of perennial, uh, you know, top half defense in fantasy. I see them more as like a eh, wait and see, don't waste a pick on them, and don't waste a roster spot on them until you actually see them. All right. Uh, my bust uh, this year for me is this guy's good, but he's going way too high in drafts, and that's Aaron Jones. Uh, Aaron Jones in our fantasy draft o- over there went 12th yeah, over overall there. in the first round <laughs> to our left. Good radio. Uh, he went 12th overall in our draft, and I just I see a regression to the mean. He paced the NFL in touchdowns last year. He still he only had 1,084 yards rushing. They still have Jamal Williams. They drafted A.J. Dillon in the second round. Nasty. I think Aaron Jones is good. But he should be going somewhere around the same spot as Chris Carson, uh, and he's going in the first, late first or early second. I think he's more of an RB two this year than the bona fide RB one that he was last year. So I think you're gonna regret drafting him in the first round if you do, or even in the upper second round. Uh, for Bus, uh, one of mine is Amari Cooper because I. I feel like where he's getting taken, which is about in the third round, give or take a round, you can just get Michael Gallup three or four rounds later and get the same exact value. And so why take a borderline wide receiver one that early when you can get the same kind of production from one of his teammates a couple rounds later? Doesn't make any sense to me. Uh so I, I, if you're banking on Amari Cooper to be your wide receiver one, that's probably not a great idea and not a great value pick. Yeah. My bust, similar along the lines of Jonathan, this guy's going to be really, really good. But where he's being taken in the first or early second round, Lamar Jackson, is, is it's too high. It, for him to have the same type of season he did last year, the rushing – it, they just drafted J.K. Dobbins. <laughs> he's not gonna have the, he's not gonna have the same amount of rushing yards. I think they're gonna pull it back. All the rushing touchdowns and stuff. It's not worth the early second round pick, especially if you pick him over a guy like Patrick Mahomes. Like Lamar Jackson could easily finish outside the top five at quarterbacks. Ooh, that's, that's a bold take. That's well, a bold we know take. how you feel about Kyler yeah, Murray. I hate it here, bro. Kyler Murray, Dak. Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, Josh Allen. Oh! Okay. oh! <laughs> I, I didn't really have the. I didn't really have the fifth Whoa! one. <laughs> I didn't really have the fifth one locked in. Whoa! But with his rushing, he, I mean, just, yeah. he was the sixth overall quarterback last yeah. year. Uh-oh. I mean, with, with, with all the rushing Whoa. stuff, and they had a Stephon Diggs. So there is a chance that Lamar finished outside the top five, where you were counting on him to be a league winner. I think there's better value later in the draft where you could have picked another wide receiver or running back early and then waited and got Kyler or Deshaun or somebody a few rounds later. My day's ruined. Uh, yeah, imagine drafting Lamar Jackson imagine. in the second I round. can't believe that somebody would draft him before Mahomes, even regardless. I mean... That's a ridiculous pick. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it turns out there, Chief. <laughs> um... 
Does anybody have any other ones they want to slip in there, whether it's a sleeper yeah, or a bust? I, I got a couple more of each. Um, I think if the opportunity presents itself, Zach Moss could have a breakout year. Uh, obviously, Devils, Devin Singletary is the lead back there. For and, now. For now. And he's, <laughs> and he's played well. But Devin Singletary is five foot seven. He's not built to, to be a lead back. And he already missed t- four games last year. He could very easily get hurt again, or like the rumors are, he's struggling in camp this year and that Zach Moss is outperforming him. He could be losing his grip before the season even starts. So I think if you pick up Zach Moss, I think that that could be a great pick because he's going to be the goal line back right off the bat. And I think that's just guaranteed touchdowns because I don't think Josh Allen is going to get as many rushing touchdowns as he did last year. Uh, And then I also like Matt Stafford this year. I mean, he was a top six quarterback in fantasy before he got hurt and he's still got the same sort of weapons Marvin Jones uh, uh Johnson DeAndre Swift TJ Hawkinson and I'm forgetting Kenny Holiday thank you Kenny Holiday and their offensive line is still pretty solid too so TJ Hawkinson yeah that's sorry um he's being drafted like a QB too like towards the end of drafts and I don't I think he, he he's a very good value pick I got another quarterback for you. You guys are probably going to hate it. Daniel Jones. Yeah. He, yeah, Of course you do. He comes in. He had a couple, a few top 20 weeks last – or top 10 weeks last, last year. He, he runs the ball. They're getting all their wide receivers back. Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, all these guys. If he has a sophomore year and he pops off, you watch out for him. He could be good late in your draft. Um. My uh, sleeper, I got Mike Gusecki, a uh, out of Penn State. He's in his third year. I love these third year leaps for these Jones. Uh, so I got some stats last year. Mike Gusecki was the twelfth ranked tight end uh, last year. I got him. He was the fifteenth tight end taken in our draft over there. Um, the Dolphins' defense is going to be terrible. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot. They don't really have a bunch of established pass catchers, really just Devontae Parker and then Gasecki. Oh, Preston Williams. Preston Williams is hurt and coming off a torn ACL. Yeah, but he's ready to go. Nah, not what I was reading. Right. But uh, so last year, Gasecki's 11 end zone targets tied for most amongst tight ends and eighth in the entire league. Gasecki has yet to drop a pass on 120 targets. Uh, He's a candidate. For a leap forward and a borderline tight end one option, I think he takes that leap forward this year. I think you're looking at really good value. You know, he's this year's uh, Mark Andrews, I would say. What uh, website did you read that off of? Uh, ESPN's Fantasy. <laughs> nice. You know, uh, I have actually one more bust. Uh, <laughs> you pick somebody from one of our teams? <laughs> no, no. You just go over to our draft board nope. and pick somebody out of one of our nope. teams? No, nope. So I had two in general. I had like a jokey one, and, and it was anyone on the Rams, but specifically <laughs> Cooper Cup. I mean, this guy, he's good. He's going to have a good year, right? But if we're talking week to week, long sustained production, he's going to end up uh, tapering off towards the end of the year. You're goddamn right. Yeah, he's he's good for like the first eight to ten weeks. No, nah, he's not even going to be that. that no, maybe. Eh. No. But Cooper Cup finished fourth last year overall in fantasy points. But really, it was the first half of the year that pretty much got him there. He just couldn't sustain that production. I mean, imagine taking that guy 42nd overall. Couldn't have been me. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, when you got 
better options than Robert Woods and uh, Tyler Higby to throw to. I mean, you're just going to do that. Bendy. And can't make And Jared Goff just <laughs> sucks. So. Uh, I don't know about that. No, Jared Goff trash. sucks. Oh, not for fantasy purposes. He throws the ball a sh- Well, for his wide receivers and stuff. He throws the ball a shit ton. Plus <coughs> a- three for Jonathan? No. I no? I thought that was one. Oh, never mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Zach? Sorry. You're talking about but the yeah. Rams. Cooper Cup just going to have a really down year. Like, in terms of, like, he's not going to be top five. And he's not going to be sustained, you know, for the whole year. So Being top would, five is the t- is a tough thing to repeat. Obviously. Well, so, he's not, but he's not even going to have that level of production. I'd say, you know, he, he where tapers do you think off. he finishes? Top ten. Top ten? So, uh, where he was 10. taken in our draft is yeah, probably but suitable like, then well, for but, that. But he gets bulk volume points in the first half of the year. Mm-hmm. And then he tapers off. That's not good when, come playoff time. It's, He's well, not a playoff not performer. That, that could be good if the season gets cut short after week nine and then we pay out then. Yeah. Okay, maybe, so if, maybe we're thinking next level here. If you're, you're just in the past, if you're cynical, Stone Age, if you're cynical damn. and you think the season is going to get cut short, yeah, fine, fine, take him, take him. He's a god. <laughs> <laughs> I I have two more busts. Uh, I I, th- I don't I don't think Josh Allen can repeat the effort the the effort that he had last Ooh. year being QB six overall. That. That was a hell of a year for him, and it was supplemented by big rushing numbers and rushing touchdowns. Usually, when a quarterback rushes for that many touchdowns, that number regresses much more to the mean the following year. They they hardly ever duplicate that. So unless he takes a leap forward in the passing game, uh, which is possible with Stephon Diggs now in town, I just don't see how he can be a QB1 this year. And then I also am not... On the Miles Sanders hype train, people are saying, people are all in, like, he's RB8 in the rankings for ESPN, dra- being drafted in the first round, and, I, I mean, he, he could be an RB1, that, that's a beast, but I think, I just think he's more of a, an RB2 that pops off every every other week, if you're lucky, and I, I just I just don't see, the, see it with Miles Sanders. I know that he's the lead back and I know that there's not a whole lot of competition there but now that the whole team is healthy I feel like they're going to be passing it more than they were last year where they had no wide receivers they had no choice but to run the ball with Miles Sanders when he was healthy and on the field and I feel like assuming that their team doesn't fall apart again uh, I, I don't see Miles Sanders being the RB1 that people are hyping him up I got one more uh, breakout player this year. Uh, my John. Joe Mixon, top five running back this year. Bet Him it. and Joe Burrow. Yeah, can we take that? No. Bet it. No. Bet. Do it. Bet, Bet it. Be confident. Four for four. Be confident in your picks. All right. Josh Allen, <laughs> inside the top ten. Joe Mixon, top five. So, I, so if J- Josh Allen's in the top ten, you owe me if Joe Mixon is not in the top Basically, five, we're doing a double or nothing right yeah, off the bat. Yeah, yeah. It's How about me, you, cl- C.E.H. against Joe Mixon? Full year, whoever finishes higher. Whoever finishes higher? Yep. I'll take that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Mixon, this guy's going to be a oh stud. Him and Joe Burrow will run the league. Uh, let me tell you, I had Joe Mixon last year, and it was not fun yeah. until about week 12 or 13. Yeah, and he's going he's gonna to continue from week 12 or 13. <laughs> okay. 
I can't right. wait. I can't wait. He's gonna be a stud. Yeah, I can't wait for you to have fun with his <laughs> oh. ten rushes for nine yards. It's not happening this year. Okay. Anything else? Any final words on NFL here? Ah, I'm looking forward to the season. I mean, I can't wait for Red Zone. Uh, oh, red, the first Red Zone Sunday, man. Oh, oh my God. God. Oh, that that's gonna, gonna be, be big. It's gonna be huge. I need it. I need it in my life. And let's pray to God that the Patriots are a playoff team again this year. Amen to that. Amen to that. Go Bucks. I know I was talking a lot of shit about the Pats. I hope to God that they're nasty and they go 16-0. and No, hater. No, I'm a hater. No, I'm not a hater. I want them to do well. Just realistically, I don't think they are. Uh, we have two realists on the panel no, here. No, two frauds. Um, we can move on uh, to the Bruins and their playoff bubble experience so far. Uh, the loss of Tuka Rask as he opted out, I believe, after... Game two. Game two of the Carolina series. And they ended up being okay. They finished off Carolina 4-1. And now they trail Tampa Bay Lightning 2-1 and lose back-to-backs in a very ugly fashion last night. They lost 7-1. Tough. Very, very tough. Uh, Zach, do you want to lead us off on how you feel so far, like where their ceiling might be at? Right now, I know it's kind of bleak down 2-1. Halak getting pulled for the rookie, not not ideal, not great, but just in the grand scheme of things, how do you feel? Where are you at? I mean, their ceiling is still the Stanley Cup. Yeah. I mean, so? yeah, absolutely. I mean, their perfection line, Marshawn, Bergeron, Pasta, is still one of the best lines in hockey. Halak was a top 10, top 12 goalie this year, even with, with playing half the time with Tuca. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a really – he's not looked his best the last – couple games but he's still he's still a stud I think it's wearing on him a little bit that he's playing so many games when he's not used to doing that he's just playing every third game or so during the season he's 35 like yeah I I just yeah I don't know I mean it's the other lines need to score more is the only problem even last night was just that was just miserable Mm. it was like Every time you look up, is another goal. And it was a lot of deflections and stuff, just little tap-ins going between the legs. and so It was – nobody played well last night. There was, no, there was no effort. Once they got down a couple goals, it was yeah. it was just a massacre. But I still believe in Clock as Jonathan's guy. <laughs> uh, it's not going to be that rookie taking up. He's, he's, yeah, he's no. But I don't think the loss of Tuca is as big as it would be for another team losing their starting goalie. Yeah. That's fair. I still think they have a chance, but I, I this series reminds me of the 2018 series they had against the Lightning where they won game one in pretty convincing fashion, and then they proceeded to lose four straight to Tampa Bay in the second round. I, I think the Bruins might very well be the second-best team in the NHL, and they just happen to be playing against the best team in the NHL right now. Um, and it's, it just might be that just might be the simple answer. Yeah. I mean, the Lightning were 0 for 16 on power plays before last night, and then they scored three, three or four power play goals. Yeah. And the Bruins have one of the better PK units in the league with Marshawn, Bergeron, Corrali, Nordstrom, all these guys, and they got great, de- great defensemen back there. And Char is still playing good, even though he looks a little slow, but got that big reach but you're right they they just might be playing against the the best team in the league 
Yeah, I, I, my gut feeling when Tuka opted out was, oh my god, this could end everything. Just because I, I didn't know how like the locker room was going to respond and how they were going to respond on the ice and everything. But clearly, it didn't phase them in the Carolina series. And I just, I just hope that Halak doesn't get sort of, you know, I mean, you lose seven to one and you get pulled. And, like, you're the guy now. I just hope that's not something that crushes his, like, psyche and his, you know, his, his mentals, you know, on the ice. Because, you know, I feel like, obviously, that's on the table. It's possible. You know, and you're playing a team like Tampa Bay that, you know, like you said, they're the best team in hockey. Uh, it's just, I think it's just than, scary because there's no, there's no plan B, really. It's just Halak, pretty much. Well, I mean, that's pretty much every team, though. Yeah. Once you get to the playoffs, is like you have one guy normally. You don't you don't have the luxury like the Bruins have to usually have two guys that are very very good. It just also like, and I know like the timing and stuff with, with Tuca is, it is what it is. It's just, I I wish it could have been sooner. You know, Halak c- could have got more reps, but obviously you know it's it's something you know I we did not foresee. So it's it's whatever. But man, down down two one, it's tough, but. With no crowds, I mean, I feel like it, there's that element lost where, you know, kind of like, you know, it's not as important uh, as in the NBA for home for home ice or home court, but you're, you're not going to have that, that thing where, you know, the crowd's getting all over you if you're Halak and you're already having a tough time. So we'll see. We'll see. But they're down 2-1, and it's going to be a tough battle. Yeah, looking forward to game four. Uh, if, they do, if the Bruins do not come out with a sense of urgency that first couple of shifts, first five minutes into the game, and the the lightning just pick up where they left off, just just absolutely just dominating and just bringing it to them. Um, it it could be like Jonathan said, it could be just a, a a gentleman's sweep, and I would hate to see that. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised like if the if it was that gentleman's sweep, they come out and just win the next two. I also wouldn't be surprised if the Bruins come back and win win tomorrow night. Yeah, I I. They're, both teams are so good that this series could go anyway. It's a couple bounces here and there. Siri, just go away. I hate Siri. Find it. <laughs> it, it. One or two bounces here and there is going to make the difference. We shall see. We shall see. So they play game four tomorrow night. Uh, what's that, 7.30 puck drop? Uh, off, off the top of my head, I'm probably, not sure. Probably. But, uh, anyways, yeah, 7.30 puck drop. Uh, for Friday night, game four, yes, huge, seven thirty, absolutely huge. So we'll see. We'll see if they can respond. Seven to one loss is nothing to sneeze at. That's that's tough. And like you knew, you had that kind of feeling. It was going to be that that kind of night. I think it was the second goal they scored. They had uh, the collision with the with the ref in their own zone, and it was just it, it was that kind of night. I mean, it, it sucked. Absolutely sucked. Um, it was like you on the golf course yesterday. Like it's just it one, was just one of those days. It was one of those days. You know, you just have a day like that on the golf course, and you know, you just want to, you just want to say fuck it and leave, uh, and just eat. Like I five. thought, you, I thought you were gonna, but then the glizzies. Yeah, yeah, the glizzies keep you in. If you're having a bad round, you know, hot dogs after nine. I mean, Country Club of Halifax, probably the fattest glizzies <laughs> ever. This kid loves glizzies. Folks, made by two guys in this little shack <laughs> that were high as can be. And they were watching Game of Thrones on their little laptop, and you could hear the sound just blare, and they're like, yeah, man, we just got so high. <laughs> the, those those hot dogs, man, 
I ordered two. If you ever go to the Halifax, you don't need two. You don't need two. You, you need don't. one. Yeah, uh, one is enough. Uh, Dan, yeah, no, Dan knows glizzies. <laughs> oh yeah, those are. Uh, that was talking hot dogs. Um, glizzies, glizzies, glizzy gang. Um, yeah, glizzies are hot dogs for any people who don't know. <laughs> yeah, make sure they're thick. Um, wow. So any any uh, any other thoughts? Just in general, on, I mean, they've done an outstanding job in that NHL bubble. Like the amount of tests that they have conducted, zero positives. I mean, just I mean the bubble is the way it is the kudos. way to go. By kudos. NBA and the NHL, the bubble has been by far the best way to do things. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to be harder with the MLB and the NFL having to play full seasons rather than just the playoffs. So it might not have been as possible to hold guys in a bubble for five months. Yeah, but. They've done a great job, both of those sports. Yeah, the only problem the NHL ran into is that they had a game going into five overtimes, you know, <laughs> and then they had to postpone the uh, the Bees in Carolina game. Yeah. But, like, that's just a freak thing. So. But we also have another bubble and playoff to discuss. We have the NBA playoffs. A very wild ride it's been thus far. And as of right now, uh, the Celtics are going to square off against the Toronto Raptors in the second round after they just cleaned up house on the Philadelphia 76ers. Albeit the Ben Simmons-less 76ers, but still. The Celtics would have taken that series regardless. I think we can all agree. And they got a tough Raptors team now, which a bit of a funk, a little delay now. They uh, postponed uh, Thursday night's games. Uh you know, in protest uh, for the shooting. And yesterday, they the, the Bucks uh, they walked out on their game as well and canceled those games, but they're going to resume tomorrow, apparently. So that's all good and fun. But we got a series to talk about. I think the Celtics take this series in seven. I think it's going to be a really long grind of a series, mainly because... I just think the Raptors match up well overall, and I think that Nick Nurse is a really good coach, and he's not going to get stampeded, even if the Celtics are hot. But the Celtics, I couldn't feel as good about them right now. Like I've, I haven't felt this good about this Celtics team in general since they traded for Kyrie and got Gordon Hayward. Obviously, things went haywire there, but I don't know. I haven't felt this good about them in years, and... That alone will get me through this series. Yeah, I I also got the Celtics one, but I got the Celtics in five or six just because I don't see many series going to seven games because I think so much to do with the series going long has to do with the home court and home ice and whatnot. You saw there was no seven-game series in the first round of the NHL. Um, doesn't look like there's going to be any... Maybe OKC Houston in the NBA, but I think like the seven game series, like it's it's gonna take a lot. You're gonna have to have two like ridiculously even teams, especially in the NBA where like talent just tends to win out. Um, but yeah, so I was playing really good. I'm uh, I'm happy that they were able to come to an agreement to continue playing this season. I I felt as though last night this it was trending in the opposite direction and they were gonna leave the bubble. But I like the Celtics against the Raptors. Gordon Hayward, not Gordon Hayward, doesn't really matter to me. They're playing 
really good basketball right now. I saw what they did. I'm taking it with I know you got to take it with a grain of salt, but what they did to the Raptors when they played them in the regular season down in the bubble a few weeks ago, I mean, I, that's still in the back of my mind, and it has to be in the back of the Raptors' mind as well. Yeah, it, it, a big key in this series is going to be can Daniel Tice step up because he did not play very well. It was against Embiid, and, but he needs to step up. He's going to be matched up with Marcus Hall mm-hmm. and or Pascal Siakam. And those two are also, especially Siakam, but Marcus Hall is also a very capable threat on the offensive end in the post. And if Tice doesn't step up, then the Celtics are going to get bullied on the boards. And that we know that's been a weak spot for them. So hopefully Tice steps up. Smart did not shoot the ball well in that series against the Sixers. I think he shot 33% from the field and 13% from three. If he's going to be in the starting lineup, if he's going to be taking shots, that needs to improve. I know we have him on the court for defensive purposes first and foremost, Mm -hmm. but if you're going to be on the court and you're going to be taking shots, you need to at least be passable on the offensive end. And I know that can be tough at times for him, but definitely want to see some more efficiency out of him. And then I'm just going to state the obvious – Two of the Tatum-Kemba-Brown trio have to go off each yeah. night yep. if they want to win this series. If, if if only one of them is carrying the offensive load, because we know they're very thin on the bench. Yep. If one of them is only on on the offensive end, like Tatum goes for 30, but Kemba's got like 11, Jalen's got 12, that's not going to do it. That is just not going to do it. And they're, so they've got to have two guys going off. Uh, on a nightly basis, right to win in series, and, and so far that's pretty much been their trend. Like they pretty much have have had either you know Tatum and Brown or Tatum and Kemba, and Kemba's point totals have gone up every single game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there was only one game where he played sub thirty minutes. I think that was game two, and game one was his worst game uh, against the Sixers. And so I like my concerns about that knee have diminished for now. You know, until anything else arises, then, you know, I'll, I'll question or have concerns. But Kemba looking as good as he has so far helps a lot. And you don't really know the sprain on uh, Kyle uh, Lowry, I think is his ankle. And, yeah, again, Tatum's looked great. And you've had two of those guys go off or at least have 20, 25, 30 uh, each night. Each night. And like you said, Ryan, if Tice is going to get thrown around and and crossed up by Marcus All, we're gonna have some issues. We're gonna have some real issues if, if that's going down. He's like Tice, just he can't get fooled. He's younger. He's more athletic in general than Marcus All. Gasol's very crafty. He's he's gonna figure out. You know, Tice isn't gonna be able to do much offensively. I don't think unless he can blow by him. But Gasol's, I think he's too. You know, he's not gonna let that happen too often. And offensively, Tice just has to stick to him. Just stick to him, because if you let him open, or if you let him get a little mid-range pop or something, or if you let him get you on an up fake, oh, you're screwed. You can't let that happen. You have to be smart defensively if you're Tice. Just don't get fooled. And, and there's no... Canner played well off the bench, but that was because he matches up physically well with MB. Yeah. They're the same kind of build, and they're not athletic freaks. They just bully each other in the post. And so Canner was able to hang with him. But Canner is not going to hang with a Pascal Siakam. And 
he's I don't I don't think he he he's not gonna have a great series against even a Marcus Hall either. Yeah. So I, I think it's it's critical that Tice improves in this series. Yeah, I think Cantor does well against centers that tend to be a little soft when they're going for boards and stuff. And I I think Embiid as as good of a player as he is, he's you know, when push comes to shove, he's a little soft around the boards. Uh, he likes to play away from the basket. I mean, Gasol does too, but, like, Gasol's a bruiser from his Memphis days. He he knows how to throw the body around. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, so I agree with the Tice got to step it up. Yeah, I also agree that I don't think Kanter's going to play a huge role in this series. But I just, when I look across the board, like, I just see, yeah, Lowry's good, Siakam's good, but, like, man this like Tatum is better than <laughs> Siakam by I I think they they were pretty close at the beginning of the year a lot of people were saying you know Siakam Tatum they're kind of interchangeable but I think the way Tatum's playing now he's he's a good deal above the way Siakam plays Siakam's still good but like Siakam's really good if you like Lowry and Kemba are like kind of I would say they're like kind of even um but then, like, you take Tatum versus Siakam, and then just that Tatum push, I just think the Celtics, they just got they got too much talent for the Raptors. Yeah. The Raptors play really hard. They got a really good coach. But in no league does talent win out more than the NBA. And I think the Celtics, they just simply have more talent than the Raptors do. Can't have Tatum have one of those clunkers where, you know, if he has, like, a 15 to 20-point night, like, it's okay, but he can't have one of those like two for fifteen clunkers that he had earlier. And I mean, I don't expect him to, you know, especially since the playoffs actually started. He's been great. He had that one sub twenty game, and yeah, again, he's just he's really taken a leap. Like it, he really, really has, and it's very noticeable. And the the confidence, just the the leadership, you know, is really shining through with Brown and Tatum, and it's clear as day. And Kemba is a guy that. We'll praise him for it, you know. And Kemba, you know, he's helped that locker room or helped embrace that, you know, that locker room and just make it sort of like more of a brotherhood and more of a family than it felt like last year. Because uh, you just really get a sense of how toxic it was. I mean, it's clear as day how toxic it was when yeah. they had Kyrie and Horford. But you know, the two young guys they needed to flourish and blossom. And it wasn't going to happen with Kyrie, or it wasn't going to happen as quickly with Kyrie. And with Kemba, he just like, all right, like, let's go. Like, you know, just embracing it. And that's exactly what you yeah. needed. And Kemba's not more talented than, than, than Kyrie, but he's obviously bought in, and everyone's bought in, in a, in a way that they never would have uh, with the pre-constructed Celtics. Yeah, and I think they're, they're all in on, like, well, I don't know if they're all in now but during the season they were all in on winning a championship i think a lot of people say like oh experience like matters and stuff like that like you want someone that's won before but i think in the case of Kyrie, since he like thinks he knows like everything and how to do everything to win and stuff like that i think it's better that they got rid of him and now they have someone that didn't win before but now they're all unified in that they're all unified in that one goal to win and they're willing to do like whatever, like I don't. There's no player on the Celtics that I think like is gonna be disappointed if they don't get 25 shots as long as they win. Well, that's the thing. Like they, they all, they all embrace their role too. And I, you know, I, it's just 
a stark, stark comparison to the year prior. And, you, you know, you don't have a clip and a soundbite every other week of your point guard, you know, putting himself above your, your young guys. And in, in fact, it's the opposite. He puts the young guys above him. Yeah. And everyone knows. I mean, everyone on the team knows Tatum's the best. And then it's probably Kemba. And then Jalen Brown. There's no people on the team like Terry Rozier and Marcus Morris that think they're like all NBA type players when they're not. Probably sneaky Al Horford too. Uh, probably still a little sneaky. Sounds like you hate Al Horford. Slithery snake Al Horford. <laughs> you slithery motherfucker. You. He got a put back layup in the. He got a put back layup. It wasn't even a put back dunk in the in the first round. Put back layup. And he screamed as if he dunked over somebody. I mean, get, get a freaking clue, he a, dude. He you had a stink. Goose egg. He had a goose egg in the game after He's, that. He is trash. I, I hear Taco scored as many points as he did that game. I know. They're paying that bum $30 million to be a piece of trash. I know. I mean, this isn't a Sixers podcast, but thank God we don't talk about Thank God we don't live in Philadelphia. That is an absolute mess. Trust the Man, process, baby. Mess. Trust the process. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, if if Tatum, Kemba, Brown are averaging 20 points a game plus, like they were in the regular season and like they did in the series against the Sixers, they're going to find a way to move to win the series against the Raptors, and they're gonna be right there with the Bucks and possibly get a crack at an NBA Finals. Heat are taking down the Bucks. I don't know if I'm ready to go there, but <laughs> I, I I like what I see from that R trio right now, and. They, they could make a run. I really even without Hayward, even without Hayward, yeah. And if they yeah. get Hayward back, that's huge. Yeah, if they, yeah. They said four weeks for Hayward. This Monday is two weeks, so you're half, you're halfway there. And you yeah. haven't even started the second round. No. Yep. And the fact that they, like, people are talking about how this like layoff, like this forced layoff, now is good for Kyle Lowry because he hurt his ankle. Well. It's also good for Kemba too, especially if yeah. they don't start till Saturday or Sunday. Right. That's that's a basically a full week off since their last game. I mean, no one thought they were gonna get a, that much time off once the playoffs are. They thought they were gonna be going, you know, back every to other back. day. Yeah. Yeah. Every he and and again, like he's been putting in minutes too. Like he's had you know only one of those four games. I think he had like it was like twenty five minutes played. But other than that, he's been thirty plus thirty five minutes played and that 30 burger that he had in uh in game four you know i don't expect that every night but the fact that he's capable of doing it that puts yeah, a fucking yeah, smile I mean, on my face no, knock on wood Hell yeah knock on wood but i mean he looks quick he looks explosive the knee injury dare i say looks non-existent so far he knock looks, on wood let's looks, knock looks, one more time he looks healthy <laughs> but again yeah any extra time off is also yeah really really good for kemba Tiger just hit a 28-foot birdie putt. Get back to even. That is, if Tiger ever, you know, whenever he makes a birdie, welcome on the air. More than welcome. Uh, but yeah, yeah, again, I think we can kind of cap it as I haven't, and you guys too, I'm sure, you haven't felt good, this good about a Celtics team in quite some time. And that's just a great thing to say because we all know the NBA can, it's a Stars League. And if they had missed on their, their Brooklyn picks, we wouldn't be talking about this team right now, but they hit. They hit on Brown. They hit on Smart. They hit on Tatum. They hit the lottery on freaking Tatum. So, kudos, and should be exciting. 
Should be a, a great NBA playoff, and it, it's been great overall. The West has been exciting too. I mean, Wait, you saying they shouldn't take Markel Fultz? Yeah, no, they definitely. <laughs> thank God they didn't take Markel Fultz because uh, that guy stinks. He's doing better. He is doing better, but he's not. I mean, he's, he's a he shouldn't have been he, the. He needs to be in a guy. market like Orlando where no one cares about the basketball <laughs> team. Like that's where he'll thrive, or he'll be like good. Right. But yeah, I think uh, I think that does it for NBA. Uh, we have a, a baseball team in this city that yeah. sure, that hasn't looked this bad since 2012. Just, just just say it. They're tanking. They're tanking. They suck. They blow. They are terrible. They got a double A pitching staff. Trade the team. Trade John Henry team. needs to sell the team. John Henry needs to sell the damn team. Go go and go to you know Liverpool. Liverpool, go have fun with your freaking soccer team, you bum. Clearly, you care more about Liverpool than you do the Red Sox, because clearly you don't give a flying shit about the Red Sox, because you traded the best generational talent that they have ever drafted, ever, ever. Mookie Betts is gone, and he's a Dodger for life. Ever? Up well, almost ever in my lifetime, at least. Okay, that's right. Um. Yeah. I was gonna say that guy. That guy Ted Williams. Yeah, that guy was, Teddy Ball game was, he was pretty good. Kind of good. Like Cy Young was kind of good. <laughs> Cy Young was was decent at at uh, at pitchy ball. Um, they kind of named an award after him. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> uh, Silver Slugger. <laughs> no. The Hank Aaron Award. <laughs> oh my god. I think god. It was the Comeback Player of the Year. Hey, that sounds great. Yeah. Was it the Roll Age oh, Relief? Ah, oh, that's it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh. So yeah. Uh. They need to sell the team, is pretty much what I'm saying. Um, or stop crying about the CBT or the luxury tax or whatever. Maybe maybe you sign your generational talent. instead right, of They tried to. I, can, we get, can we get this out of the way? They tried to. Dan, he, I don't he, think he wanted to be he here. He wanted to leave. He would have made more money with the Red Sox. That last offer, he would have made more money. He wanted... I'm still mad. See, this no, is the hill mad. that Dan loves to die on. Is <laughs> still mad. a hometown top end talent, whether it be Tom Brady, Mookie Betts, whoever. He is dead set that they wanted to stay, no matter what, and that money had nothing to do with it, and that they just happened to be sent away on their way that the team didn't want oh, them anymore. Uh, I mean, no, 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 you can't. No. Right, it's not apples to apples. It's a utopia. No, it's not. Every athlete it's not, here loves Boston. Yeah, not, you no. can't hate. Being I'm not letting you get away. No, I'm not letting you get away with this. It's not apples to apples. Brady left. Yeah, the money probably played a part, but it was everything else. Like his offense sucked. He had no weapons. Bill, whatever. You didn't. Oh, get- look at that. The Red Sox offense sucks. Oh, the Pats offense sucks. Oh, look what you look at the their Red offense, Sox pitching staff. Their offense doesn't. Dog suck. shit. The Red Sox offense didn't suck with Mookie. They were like the best offense in baseball. The pit, it's, it is apples to apples, though, because the Patriots had a better team than the Red Sox. When this star left, the Patriots had a better team than the Red Sox. I don't think it's apples Dude, to apples. This team, with or without Mookie regardless, Betts, wasn't making the playoffs. Regardless. Whether, like, Mookie... Because they didn't make it last year, and they weren't making it this year. Not the way that J.D. Martinez and no. Rafi Devers were hitting this year. No. Yikes. Regardless, I still put blame on... Even if... Mookie wasn't going to sign, like, the dotted line a year before he was going to hit market. Like, I still put some of the blame on ownership because I just feel like, I feel like you could have got it done sooner. Like, you, you didn't have to, I don't know, man. I'm mad. I'm mad. I just think 
somehow it could have ended up working out, and I'm pissed off. Uh, how about you be mad that they let the pitching staff just degrade into what it has become? Now? Well, that's also, like, I feel like Dombrowski helped with that, too. I feel but yeah, like... but that's still on Red Sox management. Oh, yeah, but I just, I, I don't like how they, they, they want to get under the CBT and the luxury tax so bad when you have all the money in the world. Dan, I think, to, I, I'm willing to give them, like, a year or two. Like, if they don't spend this offseason and then they don't spend the next offseason, they, they want to turn, they got high in bloom and they want to be like the Royals or the Rays, then it's time to sell the team. Yeah. But let's see. They're going to reset the luxury tax. They're supposed to have a good amount of money this offseason. Let's they'll, see what they do this offseason first. They'll Before get Sale say, and Erod back. Yeah. Okay. I, they'll I'm get Erod. praying to God for Sale. Like, praying. <laughs> You lost your top two pitchers like for the entire season. That's not oh, you easy lost your to top replace. Three yeah. pitchers when you included the price trade. True. Y- yeah, I mean he he was. You're gonna yeah. be your third guy. I mean, it just sucks too because like I mean he's a, he, he's like a below <laughs> average third star. He's more of more of a fifth. I mean, no, he hasn't been a Cy Young caliber pitcher in like six years. But that's okay. <laughs> All right. <sighs> Well, yeah, this, this has just been dreadful. When Martin Perez is your best starting oh, he's pitcher, a stud. and Alex Verdugo is your best hitter amongst qualified hitters on your team, he's at least a bright spot, though. He's Lugie a bright Lugie spot. It's good, but like Moreland is carrying the offense, and he's not even a, he's in a plateau. Yeah, yeah I know. That's uh, that's embarrassing. Yeah, Chavis stinks. Chavis does. It's it's just it's just been a dreadful like the first week you're like oh yeah Red Sox let's go maybe we could squeak okay. into one of those wild card spots. No, I have a question. No, 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 no. Dude, Red I, Sox, maybe we ahead. can sneak into Sorry. number one pick. Right, go ahead. I just have a question that I think is worth asking that I think will be talked a lot about um, as you know probably at the end of the season. Do they bring back Alex Cora and do you want him back? Absolutely, I want him back. Both. Yep. Yeah. I'm. I, I want not? him back, and I'm. Fairly certain they're gonna bring him back. I think he like he's perfect for what they have in terms of like their young guys, Devers. I think he's Bogarts. You need a Spanish speaking guy like, for Devers in the locker room. Yeah, he just he's just younger and he relates to players better. Yeah, he, they just he's like one of the boys. Yeah, exactly. And obviously that worked because they won a championship. They're yeah. having not Ron Reneke. He's a fine bench manager. He's not the man. He's not. Yeah. Yeah. So we all agree we want him back, and we think he'll be back. I sure hope so. I definitely want him back. I'm less certain that he'll be back, but yeah. I, I, I put at like 65 percent. I would say that he's back. We just gotta wait and see what yeah. Manfred says. I mean, they, like, they, yeah, they still haven't done anything. With they that. said Renekis. They've referred to him as the interim manager the whole time. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, I just hope. I hope like enough time passes where. He's allowed back into baseball, and it's, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, the guy should be able to have his job back, you know. It, for what was found out and everything uh, in that fucking report, whatever it was, for the for the Astros that got A.J. Hinch fired and everything, Cora should not be banned. He should not be banned. Yeah, serve your time, but you should be able to come back. Oh, I mean, he was definitely part of that. Oh, no, no, I know. Whole thing. Like, he no, was, no, no, no. No, like, yeah. I'm not I saying know. he wasn't, but I'm saying... You know, for for the Red Sox stuff, it's not like he was like some mastermind for the Red Sox doing it f- for the whole time and through the playoffs here. It was the Astros thing, and yeah, he obviously played a role in it. Yeah. But serve your time, 
serve your ban. You shouldn't be banned for life. And he should be able to come back, hopefully, because this team could really use him. Yeah. And, and for uh, as bad as the league has been, did at first handling the COVID spread amongst their teams. Yeah. They've done a better job of late. I think you've only seen one a player or a coach here or there occasionally test positive. I, wasn't there a series this weekend or last weekend that got canceled? Uh, the Mets the, and the Yankees. Yeah, the Mets and the Yankees, right? Yeah. yeah. What's good, though, is that they put in the protocols and they started, you know, sending guys away that were doing things like uh, Clevenger and Quisak, uh, yeah. Uh, they started. Of course, Clevenger. <laughs> They My only pitcher. They started taking it more serious and started reprimanding players for being stupid and for going out and exposing themselves. So I think that's kind of probably where you're seeing it, where guys are like, oh, you know, I, if I get caught, you know, I'm going to get, you know, dragged through, you know, the media and everything like that. And so I think that's helped. So yeah, it's good. I mean, base, baseball. We were in trouble for a little bit. Baseball, yeah. they're getting tested all the time. They play basically every day. So they they don't have like a ton of ton of free time, but they still uh, have freedom. They still yeah, have freedom, which is the but problem. like they just yeah. they just have to be smart. Like if if you care about baseball, then you're not going to be going out to you know anywhere in the city like you normally do. You just got to stay in your hotel, get room service, and well, yeah, just deal with it for three months. If you're police act, don't. Don't go out to dinner with the boys and then go to the boys' house and trade baseball cards or whatever he yeah. said he was doing. I mean, it, it, it's tough for somebody in their mid twenties, like an athlete. They got millions and millions of dollars and they got yeah. a bunch of freedom to just not just go do things. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah, it's tough. But, I mean, that's the reality we live in. So right, gotta, that's where you need leadership to be on yeah. these guys. And obviously, the Indians don't have that kind of leadership. <laughs> but I, I guess what I was trying to get at it was like, it is early on, you had the Marlins outbreak, then you had the Cardinals outbreak. The Cardinals are still 10 games behind everyone in the standing yeah. in terms of games played because of that. Yep. But you but you really, you other than a, a, a game or a series here or there, uh, they seem to have gotten the message that the, they can't afford to do it because they did threaten to just shut it down altogether at one point. Yep. Um, and it, it's been nice to see that they're actually getting their act together and that we can, they can actually just focus on playing baseball for the most part. It's very reminiscent to what happened with the PGA when they first came back. There was, like, there was a couple positive tests, and you had in the back of your mind, like, oh, man, this thing's going to get shut down. But they, you know, got the message across. Yep. They clamped down. And now look at the PGA's going on strong, and the MLB's still going on strong, too. So yep. it makes me... Hopeful that the NFL can get through their season, but it you know remains to be seen whether or not you know the NFL has definitely has a ton of guys and they definitely have a ton of immature guys. So yeah, I mean we've already seen a couple instances in training camp. The Seahawks, Seahawks guy, jeez, <laughs> oh, trying to dress a girl up in Seahawks gear so it looks like one of the players and bring her into his hotel room. What are you doing? You're not even on the team yet. You're a rookie and you. Yeah, you can't cool. go without companionship for. Think of that nut. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I guess so. <laughs> Gotta get his glizzy well, touch. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what was that? Max Kellerman put it on first take. Oh, I didn't Co- see. Co- conjugal visits. Conjugal visits. Yes, yeah. like when like, you visit an inmate. And, yeah. And yeah. Prison. Yeah. Do the do. No. Do the do. <laughs> touch the gliz. Uh, <laughs> touch the gliz. Uh, less less of Seahawks guy and and more. 
a little bit more maturity would be nice. Yeah. That's all we're asking for. Yeah. Uh, we, you want football? We want it to just do your part. Do your part. Do your job, Fendi. Uh, I think that's our show. Uh, good to be back. Good to be doing it. We're uh, not going to be in the radio station, as far as I know, for the foreseeable future uh, due to the coronavirus. So we'll be doing these, hopefully, on a regular basis. Let's hope. And uh, let's hope for sports. Let's root for sports. Go sports. Go, Go Tiger. Go, Go Tiger. Tatum. Go Tatum. Duke sucks. Duke sucks. Fuck Duke. Haters. And that's our show. Country Fuck Duke. Fuck Duke. Fuck Duke. Haters. Fuck Duke. Haters. Haters. Go Tatum. Haters. Fuck Almost heaven. West Virginia. Blue Ridge Mountains. Shenandoah River. Life is older, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze. Country roads take me home to the place. in my